Bill couldn't figure out why he was unable to get his existing readers to go about buying his latest books. His issue was that he wasn't connecting with his readers by doing the things that they love. And that's the reason why in today's video, we are going to talk about three things readers love. Number three might keep you up. Okay, this is Chris Baird from selfpublishingmadeeasynow.com where self-publishing doesn't have to be so hard. So Bill, he's one of the clients that I've had. He lives in Montana and he's an author of grilling books. So this is a really popular theme, <clears throat> especially during the last couple years that we've been in. People have been wanting to use a lot of the equipment and gear they have around their house. And Bill is an expert at grilling. He knows everything there is to know about how to properly grill. And he thought maybe I could go about selling that on Amazon and other sites <clears throat> by writing books in this exact category. The thing is he wanted to get his existing readers, the people who had already purchased his first book to go about buying his latest books. The problem though for him was that he was not able to make a close connection with these people so that once they had purchased the first book, they just would disappear. He would never hear from them again. And he was trying to figure out what the issue was. He had heard though that making connections, close connections with your readers is incredibly important when it comes to getting recurring sales. This is especially the case when we're talking about how many touch points we have to make with somebody before they're going to make a sale. And then people who do buy, their, pro their likelihood of making additional purchases is massive compared to people who've never even heard of you. So the ability of <clears throat> focusing on the people who've already purchased and are happy with your books is a powerful technique to ensure that not only do you make sales on your next book, but your original sale, the people who bought the original book will purchase the next book in addition to the other people who are coming in. So we're running ads and that money's coming in and recycling back in order to draw more readers in. And we're building up a mass of people who are really excited about your latest books if you connect with them. The thing was, he realized that if he did not get these readers to connect and purchase his books, then each book would just sell a number of copies and then die out over time. And then he wasn't going to be able to see this building of an audience, which is really the power within self-publishing. It is not about selling one book to this person or one book to that person. It's about building an audience around your books who are enthusiastic to buy your latest book. So, but he began to doubt that maybe he just wasn't a type of person who was very connectable. That people just really weren't all that interested in the types of books. They were, they liked the books, but maybe not that much that they'd want to really be in contact with him at any level. And he wasn't completely sure how to go about doing that in the first place. <clears throat> he had heard from some fake gurus that if you simply dump copies or links to your book in lots of Facebook groups, and of course, many of these fake gurus will sell you their marketing services where They'll just paste, 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 paste. I, I can paste it to a thousand whatevers and I can give it to all my fake followers who, I, who are not even interested in your grilling book. And for some reason that is supposed to translate into lots of sales and close contact. Well, what he discovered was it didn't help build any connections at all. He did pay for the service. And so they, they really pasted it. They pasted it in groups related to romance and pasted it in groups related to this or that or free groups or whatever the case might be on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all of these things they promise. It sounds wonderful because they could reach an audience of hundreds of thousands of people 
who are really not interested in grilling, but they, they could reach those audiences and they don't actually like or respond to any of these posts either. So these posts just die. It's just the equivalent of just spamming the whole internet with your links to your book. And so that technique did not work for him. The second thing was he created a lead magnet and started building an email list. And then anytime he would be coming out with a new book, he would send an email to them to show them the list. The problem was is that nobody replied, nobody clicked on any of the links. He was making zero progress with the email list. And he had even heard from me in a previous video that email lists are your most important asset. You have two assets that are the most important. Well, three. One of them would be your books themselves, of course. Number two is your email list. Nobody can take that from you. And number three will be your blogs that you're going to do pushing your, your books. So these three are very, very powerful. And the blogs, of course, take a period of time to build up as Google begins to search your site and see what you're writing about and then pulling in traffic. And then those people get on your email list. And we're back to the email list again in terms of telling them and connecting with those people to see if they're interested in purchasing your next book as they begin to know, like, and trust you as an author. So, <clears throat> so, but he tried with the email, but keep in mind, listen closely. What did he do with the email? He would send out an email only when he'd come out with a new book, which would be every, I think it was two to six months was the, was the cycle that Bill was on. And so that was the, his grand plan, which is just sending them sales letters, right? Every six months. And that was not working. So, the thing is, is that he decided to book a free discovery session with me because he had watched my videos and I told him exactly that we can break down, we can take a close look at exactly what's happening on your in your in your books, we can see how your audience is responding, we can figure out how the how best to use an email list in order to ensure we're driving traffic to your newest books, <clears throat> building up that connection with people so that we can get recurring customers. So the first thing was we commented that things that your customers really love is a book that delivers at what it promises. But I looked at Bill's books and his were actually doing that. It wasn't a problem at all. The second thing is we need to make sure that you as an author are easily accessible. That is where you have an email. They can easily get that. You're on social media. So if they respond to you or your comments or to your to your blogs or to your YouTube channel or any of these other places you may be, that they're, you're responding on a regular basis. So you're going to get back to them quickly. Within 24 hours is a reasonable amount of time in order to respond to somebody's comment. <clears throat> Positive or negative comments, we respond to everything. And we ban spam. But otherwise, uh, pretty much we're open to almost any comment that would be coming in. And then the final thing is that for this accessibility is the email list. But the thing he was not doing with his email list was <clears throat> He was not maintaining contact with his readers. He wasn't sending out regular emails at least once a week. If you're going to do an email list effectively, you need to be sending at least one email a week. It doesn't have to even be very long. It needs to provide some value and you should have some sort of a value ladder. That is, if the person really loves the content of the email, then you tell them the next step, right? They get onto the email list by getting a free ebook from you, a free report, a free checklist, something free. And, and then once they have joined your email list, now we're ready. That's when the fun really begins. Because once they join the email list, we're going to be going back and forth with them on a regular basis. We want to be in a one-on-one -on -one dialogue with people as quickly as possible. This is a very, very important thing. And so we do whatever's necessary there. And so one of the techniques is using a nine-word email. And the nine-word email is the idea that you're going to send out once a month an email that just says, are you still struggling with getting your grill to light? Or getting your food to cook fully uh, through or knowing which utensils and things you should buy if you're grilling or knowing the right temperatures to grill your food at. You see, there's lots and lots of things to do on the grilling front <clears throat> or recipes or whatever. You, we, we choose a problem. 
we ask a question like that, it's nine words long, and then there's no other text. That's it, no name, no hi, no nothing, just that. And what happens during this, these particular emails is that you get a large response from your audience. And this is really, really powerful from your readers because then you're able to pull them in. And so they both will tell you where they're coming from and then just keep kind of a list of what's what they're struggling with and go back and forth with them. When you come out with a new book, especially if the book is covering one of the problems that they themselves have self-identified as a problem, then you're able to say, look, I can help you. It's perfect when because you're going to help them with their problems and we're going to have a relational connection with our readers. And in addition, we're going to be able to sell a copy, which will bring more money in, giving us the ability to produce more books and keeping our motivation level high, which is exactly what they want to do. And, and Amazon and the dealerships and, the, and the, the people who are selling the books, they're also happy. So it is a win across the board. And that was one of the reasons it sort of connects back into the first point, which was, do we have a book that's delivering the value, which is what you should do, because if it isn't, well, then it's a scam, right? You have a book that is lower level value than what it's delivering. But usually those books will get one starred reviews anyways. So people will just quit buying them. And so that's one of the things. So if you're getting a bunch of one-star reviews, well, you're not delivering on the value. You should really take a closer look at your books. The final thing is in the, is the ability to buy the book in whatever format they wish to get it in. And so you should have an ebook version, paperback version, a hardback version, and an audiobook version, because we don't know who our audience is. And it does two very powerful things. The first thing is that it shows them we're a series author. Series authors are going to have lots of formats, lots of ways to buy the book. That is just a way to signal that you're a serious author. Okay, It doesn't really require that much more work to learn those things, but that's one way. And number two, different readers have different ways in which they like to read their books. Some like to hear them on audiobooks. Some like to have them as paperbacks. But some people are really diehard, hardcover book people. They only like hardcover books. And if you're offering that, that's the one they're going to buy. And the final thing is some people like ebooks. I'm an ebook creator myself, and I even take ebooks. I turn them into audiobooks so I can listen to them. So I was a, it's a balance between the two. I both like to read through my ears and through my eyes. And so, but uh, ebooks are perfect. I can just take out my phone, and I can uh, uh, I can just put it on here on the Kindle device on the on the phone, and then from there uh, I'm able to have my books at any given time. I've got about 50 to 100 books on my phone right now, and so that's very useful when it comes to getting our books uh, in a format that people enjoy reading them. But, and, uh, and, and Bill was thinking a lot about these different topics that we were discussing and we was considering different ways in which he can implement it. And that was one of the things he found that the discovery session, like virtually every single client I have finds is incredibly useful. It's sort of clarifying where you're at, where you're going, possible a vision of where we can go in the future. And so I would highly recommend you click on the link below for the free discovery session and we can take a look at your book. No, you have no requirements to buy anything or even give a credit card number or anything. I just, it, it, I'm doing exactly the very same thing I'm teaching here, which is I'm telling you building a connection, which is delivering a result or a value to, out into the world with your books, whether it's entertaining based on your fiction books, you know, mystery, horror, whatever it might be, right, romance or nonfiction, showing them how to do or solve specific problems that they have, and then building a connection. And that's exactly what I do. And, they, and there's no commitment either. That's the thing. This is a very important point. When you book a free discovery session, there's no commitment. So I have people in parts of the world where they never would have the money to buy anything beyond that, and that is just fine. I really enjoy helping people. I enjoy self-publishing, and that's one of the reasons we do these free ones. So, but let's get back to Bill for a sec. The final thing is he decided, okay, he was going to double down. He wasn't going to just keep on doing the same thing, which wasn't delivering any results at all, but he decided he was going to take a harder, uh, 
path regarding the email list. And so he started sending out these nine word emails. He started sending out weekly emails on a normal weekly basis and getting in one-on-one -on -one contact with people and keeping track of where are people at with regards to their grilling experience. Are they having challenges with things? That's the part we care most about. It's what problems people are having and then writing more blogs and going that route. Blogs on the subject, more emails covering the exact same subject. Remember, you can use your blog content for your emails and you can also make a YouTube video and a podcast out of the exact same content. It's not a problem. Just like the books, people like to take in information in different ways and this is a very, very powerful way of doing it. So what happened? was after going through this cycle and making closer connections with his contacts, he suddenly discovered two big things that changed. Number one, if you're using a good email service provider, I, I go with ActiveCampaign, you can check out my affiliate link below in the description, then you're able to see how many people are opening these emails, right? And then you're able to see how many people are clicking on the links in the emails, which he started looking at and he noticed the people who he was connecting with one-on-one on a regular basis, they were clicking on the links in the emails. And when his new books were coming out, then comes the sales email where he's like, I'm releasing a new book, I want you to check it out. He's also able to leverage it to say, hey, would you like to get a free copy of my book for in exchange for an honest review on Amazon? And that was another thing. So he was able to get more reviews in on his grilling books. He saw when his new grilling books were coming out, he's getting more sales on them. And Google started sending him traffic as a result of the blogs that he had been putting out. And so it was a win across the board. And it was all because he was figuring out what exactly his readers love. What are the things that's necessary to make a connection with your readers so that they will know, like, and trust you and that they will be in contact with you tightly and buy your next book. It's all about connection. And this is something that a lot of authors don't understand. You think you can write a book without any connecting to your audience and that they're just gonna buy. And sometimes, yes, if you're in a correct niche, which we talk about on this channel, or sometimes no. But there are also things that you need to do, avoid, that your readers hate. And that's one reason why you're gonna to wanna to hear more about three things readers hate. Number one, might surprise you, and I'll see you over here.